Welcome to the Saint Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Our vision is to bring hope, and I hope this encourages you wherever you're listening. Enjoy. Morning. Be good. I need a little bit more than that, guys. Morning. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, um, as Alan Tano said, my name's Kaz. It's so lovely to be with you all. And again, welcome to those who are online as well. So good to have you. Um, I'm the worship pastor here at Saint, um, which is super exciting. I love my job. My team are right in the front row, actually. Big shout out. You guys are amazing. Um, So yeah, great to be with you guys. And as Al said, we are kind of carrying on our series that we've been doing on spiritual fitness. And last week we looked at how do we, how do we keep going at the Bible? How do we keep the Word as the center of our lives um, in 2022? But today, what I want to talk about is prayer. And how do I keep, how do I keep my, my prayer life fit during 2022? Does that sound good? Yeah, come on. Okay, so I want to start this morning off with a survey. Does that sound good? So, and those online, you could put emoji in the chat maybe, but for those in person, I want you to raise your hand if at some point during the Christmas break, you said to yourself, in 2022, I want to better my prayer life. I want to pray more maybe, or I want to start praying for the first time. Okay, okay, that's good. So am I. And keep, keep your hand raised, keep, keep your hand raised if you think you say that most years. Okay, cool, same, same, you put your hands down now. There is something about keeping a spiritual prayer life really difficult to keep going with it, isn't it? It's really, it's really hard to sustain a good prayer life. I'm really good at making sure that I have my breakfast in the morning. I'm really good at making sure I drink my water. I go on, do exercises, maybe not 5Ks, but do a bit of exercise. But there is something about daily prayer that I find I'm a bit of a failure at. So why don't we, rather than listening to me, why don't we look at the Bible and see what it has to say about prayer. We're going to look together at Matthew 6, verses 5 to 13. And to give a bit of context, this is Jesus teaching his disciples how to pray. This is Jesus talking here, and we're going to read this together. So verse 5 says this, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases like the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Amen. So I want to quickly break down this talk into three simple steps about how you can keep fit in your prayer life. Does that sound all right? Three full steps. The the three steps of this. Step one, I need to know who he is. In order to have a good prayer life, I need to know who he is. Secondly, I need to know who I am. And thirdly, I need to know what prayer does. Okay, so we're going to look at this together. Step one, know who he is. 
Verse six says this, but when you pray, go into your room, shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. I wonder um, how many of us in the room right now and those online have family members or friends or relatives that live far away from us. Maybe you've got family overseas. Maybe you've got friends that live all across the country, perhaps. And I don't know whether you guys find this. I spent my whole engagement with my husband doing long distance, and it's really challenging. It's really hard to keep a good relationship with people who don't live that close to you. It doesn't matter how much you try and do the FaceTimes, do the emails, make sure you send family photos once in a while. It's never quite quite the same as being in the room with someone. Is that right? Is that a fair fair thing to say today? There's nothing like being in the room with someone. And I think this is such a good example of how relational we are as beings. We are relational people. We love to be with one another. And if it's true that in the Bible it says that we are created in the image of God, it talks about it in Genesis when Adam and Eve are made, it talks about we are created in the likeness of God then that must mean that God is also a relational person. He is a relational being. It says in verse six that our Father sees us in the secret place. He wants to be close with you and me. So the reason why prayer is so important because it becomes this point of contact between us and God. It feeds that hunger for connection. Uh, take, for example, um, my husband, Robin. If I, if I told you, if I stood here today and I told you that I didn't listen to him, that I didn't talk to him, that I didn't really spend any time with him, you would question the quality of our marriage. You're laughing because it's ridiculous. You would, you would question the quality of our marriage, right? Well, similarly with God, we can't just get by going to church on a Sunday and doing all the day-by-day things that Christians do. You actually, we need a conversation with him to maintain our relationship with him. Is that right? We need, a com- we need to be in communication with the Father. So if God has got a relationship, that also means that God is a God that speaks. This prayer that we're having with him isn't just a monologue, it's a dialogue, isn't it? It's a, it's a, it's a dialogue. For example, you wouldn't walk into a doctor's office, right? And you sit down, you tell them all your problems that's going on in your body, and then you get up and leave again. You don't do that. You walk into the doctor's office, you sit down, you tell them all your things, and then you wait to see what the doctor might have to say. But why is it so often, this is my box of prayers, by the way. I've got a visual aid for us this morning, guys, okay? Took me a long time to make. Um, It's not a shoebox, I promise. So I've got a box of of prayers, but how often is it that when I'm in my prayer life, I do this, I go... Oh, Lord, yeah, I want to lift up my job to you, and I want to lift up my family. Oh, gosh, just they need your help. And, oh, Lord, I want my finances as well, and I want direction in my life, Lord. I want direction. Anyway, amen. See you tomorrow. Why, why do we do that? I do that all the time. But instead, I think what God's calling us to do is do this. He wants us to go, oh, Lord, I need, I need help in all these areas. Lord, I need you. I'm now going to wait to see what you have to say. I want you to speak into these situations. I don't want to just get it off my chest. It feels good, right? It feels good to, oh, I'm so glad I got that off my chest, thank you. But actually, we want to be like, Lord, what have you got to say to this situation? I don't know how your, um, your Christmas break was. I had a lovely time. I went, I went to see my family and it was so good. We had a lot of fun and then I went to go see my in-laws. That was a, that was a joke, I'm joking, they're lovely. They're probably watching online as well. I love you guys. Um, But um, amongst all the fun and amongst all the food and and the good times, I actually was um, really reminded 
sadly, of how many unanswered prayers I have right now for my family. I have a lot of unanswered prayers. And um, I was even more discouraged and more annoyed because I knew I had to speak on prayer <laughs> this Sunday. And I was not feeling very prayerful, if I'm honest. And um, I was really reminded. And basically, me and my mom have been praying for breakthrough for a family member of ours for quite a while now. And we've been praying for so many years for this person. And it was one of those situations where the more I pray, the worse the situation becomes. And you think, is that meant to happen? I'm pretty sure that when I pray, you're meant to do something, Lord. But the more I pray, the more bad news will kind of come in. And um, I rarely do this, if I'm being honest with you, but I, I was praying and I just said, Lord, I've run out of things to say. I'm gonna leave space for you to speak. And so I left some space. And I don't know why I was surprised, but he did. He spoke to me and he led me to a passage. And I'm gonna put it up on the screen. It just says this. It says, finally, brothers... Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is excellent and praiseworthy, think about such things. Now, this did not answer my prayer, did not answer, did not cure the situation that I've been praying for, but what it did do, it answered to the disappointment in my heart. It answered to the feelings of heaviness that I had. And what happened is that God directed me to not just look at the situation, but to fix my eyes on him. And I was reminded of who he is. That's what happened. And, and And it reignited the passion of my prayer life because I felt so known by God who sees me, who knows me, and who speaks to me. So that's step one, know who he is, okay? Step two, you still with me? Step two, okay, step two, I must know who I am. Verse seven and eight, it says this, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you even ask. I'm sure this is quite an obvious thing to say, but um, I'm going to say it anyway. Children are really honest, aren't they? They say exactly what's on their mind. They're not really worried about how they look, how they, how they come across. They just say exactly what they think. I've got quite an um, embarrassing story about when I was younger, um, and it's sort of etched in my memory forever, and I thought I'd share it with you to sort of to bless you with it, really. But um, So I was, um, <clears throat> I was at school. I was, young, I was a young little girl. I was at school, and I was learning in my history classes about Catholics, and Protestants. And I was really curious by this subject because I was a Christian and I wanted to know which one I was. Am I a Catholic or am I a Protestant? And so I went home that night to my family and I sat down at the family table and I got everyone's attention around me and I said, Mum and Dad, am I a Catholic or a prostitute? <laughs> I'm neither, apparently. I didn't realise that. But but what, but, what, but what I love is that I clearly didn't really care about how I came across in this moment. I was, I was a kid, I was like, oh, I've got a question, I've got a burning question in my heart, I don't really care if I get the words wrong or whatever, I just want to know what I am at that moment. I didn't really seem to care that much about what people thought of me. And I know it's a silly example, but I find that as we grow older, we begin to be a little bit more self-conscious, don't we? We begin to get a little bit worried about how people might perceive us and how we come across. But when we look at the way that Jesus teaches us to pray, he asks us to sort of be like children, doesn't he? He asks us to come to him in in all the mess and all the kind of like, I don't really care, Lord, this is just who I am. That's what he asks us 
to do. He doesn't want our clever words. He doesn't want our speeches. He just wants our honest and true hearts. And when you look at verse 7, um, if you look at the, tra- if the translation version of the, the message, it actually says this, when you come before God, don't turn it into a theatrical performance. That's what it says. He asks us to come just as we are. And I find this is a barrier, right, when our prayer lives. We often feel like we're not really worthy to come to the feet of Jesus and tell him our needs. I often find that I'm like, oh, Lord, before I, before I pray, I just need to sort some stuff out. Sorry, just, and I need to make it look like I know what I'm doing. Oh, actually, I've got some better stuff in here. There you go. I'm going to just, I'm going to hide it a little bit and just make it look a bit more presentable for him because I'm not really sure I want him to see the real me. I'm not sure I really want him to see the honest and true me. But what I love is actually he asks us to come just as we are. It says that he sees us in the secret. There's nothing that we can hide from God. And so you might be right now in the midst of, you might be in the middle of a season where you're praying for a breakthrough perhaps. Perhaps you're like me, you're praying for someone. Maybe you're praying for direction in your life. Can I encourage you this morning to not worry about fixing yourself. Don't worry about trying to sort yourself out. Let God do that. I think he'd much rather have the boring, plain, ordinary, broken, messed up you and me. That's what he wants. He doesn't want the clever words. He doesn't want the perfect shell exterior. He just wants us. So that's our second step. Know who I am. And thirdly and finally, in order for us to keep fit in our prayer life, we need to know what prayer does. Amen? We need to know what it does. I really believe that Jesus wouldn't have taught this prayer if he didn't believe in what it meant. Okay, he teaches us, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I, don't be- I really believe that he wouldn't have taught this prayer if he didn't believe in the significance and the weight of what these words were. Prayer is such a powerful weapon. It's the most powerful weapon that we have been given as Christians. Because when I pray, what happens is that I invite God into situations that I can't control. When I pray, I move out the way for God to move. That's what happens when I pray. And I know this is a difficult mentality. I don't know whether you find this, you're the same as me, but I... I really struggle to not try and fix the things that are in front of me. My poor husband, whenever he comes to me with his problems and, oh, I had a bad day and this happened, that happened, I have to bite my tongue to not be like, have you tried this? Have you done this? Look to that person. Maybe you should stop doing this and try this. And he's like, no, just, just listen to me. But it's, it's not within my like, nature, really, to sort of just like, stop and listen. But really, I want to try and help. And maybe you feel like you're doing this as well in your life. You sort of try and fix and mend and sort What I've been trying to learn in my prayer life is actually the more I get out of the way, the more I leave room for God to fill my life. That's what I do. When I move out of the way, that's when he gets to move. So prayer isn't just this dialogue anymore, but it's also the act of handing over our lives into the hands of Jesus. That's what prayer is. It's handing over our lives and our burdens and our worries and our concerns into the hands of him. When I lift up my prayers to God, it doesn't just require a level of honesty, but it it requires such a huge amount of trust. And I wonder whether you can relate with me here. I often find that when I pray, I do this. I go, yeah, Lord, I want to just give you my finances and my family and my job and everything else that goes with it. And then, oh, Lord, will you just move in my life? Amen. All right, well, I'm just going to look after this for you. 
Don't worry about, no, it's fine, I got it, I got it, it's good, good. I just, I, I, as long as I got it off my chest, that's all that really matters, now I'm going to walk away with it again. But actually, when I feel like God tells us to do, he says, I'm going to just give you all my stuff, Lord. I'm going to leave it there at the feet of Jesus. And that's what he wants us to do. I think he doesn't really want us to keep carrying it for that long. I think he'd much rather we just leave it into his hands. And if that's what we're called to do, then prayer is so powerful. Because what prayer is, is lifting up everything into the hands of a healer. It's lifting up everything into the hands of a waymaker. And if this God is the God that loves me, if he is the God that knows me, if he is the God that sees me, if he's the God that knows every little prayer that I'm going to pray before I even say it, then I've got to trust that he knows what to do with every prayer that I give him. Can I finish with a story quickly? And then, um, and then we're going to pray. But um, I was at university, uh, gosh, like five years ago now. Yeah, question, you can begin to come up as well. And... Um, <clears throat> And uh, one of the things that, uh, so yes, I'll mention earlier, I studied theology and religion. And um, to your surprise and to my surprise, I was one of the only Christians on my course. And um, I met this girl and got on really well with her and we became friends. And she was probably the biggest atheist and the most outspoken atheist I've ever met. She was so angry at religion, especially at Christianity. And we would spend our lectures just having huge debates and massive disagreements about everything. And I made it my mission, classic me wants to fix everyone's problems, I made it my mission to convert her. I made it my mission for her to come to know Jesus. And I fought and fought and spoke to her and spoke to her. And I got to the end of my first year and I was like, Lord, I can't do this anymore. I've I, I got to stop, I've got to stop. And so finished my first year, and then I arrived back in my second year in September, and I felt God say to me, I don't want you to debate, I don't want you to talk, I just want you to pray for her every day. I just want you to pray for her every day. And it felt so counterproductive that I really felt the Lord telling me to do it. So I was like, okay, Lord, I'm going to pray every day for her. So I set a reminder on my phone, and every day I prayed. And halfway through my second year, I get a phone call from her at 2 a.m. in the morning, in floods of tears saying, Kaz, I feel like I've been living my whole life a lie and I want to come to know Jesus. And she did in that moment. And it was amazing. And she still, she still does now. She still follows him. And she still goes to church and has turned her whole life around. And if there's one thing, well, there's two things actually that I really feel like that story teaches me is firstly, prayer flipping works. <laughs> Prayer's powerful. But also, I am so weak and he is so strong. And I tried so hard... I tried so hard to do my own thing and I tried so hard to keep my life in my own hands. But when I handed it over to the one that knows the most and loves and heals and turns people's lives around, that's when the power began. That, that, is, that is when transformation came into my life and to her life too. Amen. Can we stand together? We're going to pray. And, and really, I just wanna, I want us to go through those three steps together this morning. Does that sound good? And for those who are online as well, won't you? I'm not sure if you've jumped back in with Mark, but if you haven't, come, come stay for a bit longer. We're just going to go through these steps together. And you might be here right now. Thanks, Hannah. Um, we might be here right now, and we are, you might have not, never prayed before in your life, or you might be an avid intercessor and in prayer. This, this relates to all of us, okay? This is all for us. So why don't we close our eyes or do whatever you feel is comfortable when you pray. Put your hands out in front of you maybe or maybe you want to get down on your knees perhaps or lift your hands up, whatever it might be. And I'm just going to pray for us. And Father, we just want to take that first step and say, Lord, we know that you are, you are God and you are Lord. You reign over our lives. 
Thank you, Lord, that you are a God that sees us and knows us. Thank you, Lord, that there are prayers that are so deep in our hearts we haven't even uttered them yet, and you know them, Lord. You see us in the secret. And Lord, I just want to turn my attention to myself as well. Why don't you say this in your heart with me? Lord, I just want to turn the attention to myself, Lord, and I don't want to put up any sort of exterior. We just throw away all sort of niceties and things that might make prayer look nice, Lord, and we actually just come just as we are in all our mess, in all our sin, Lord, in all the things that make us feel unworthy, Lord. We just come to you right now. We've got nothing to hide right now. It's just you and us. And thirdly, Lord, we just, we just lift up every prayer, every person in our lives right now that need the touch of your spirit, Lord. And forgive us, Lord, when we've tried to sort things on our own. Forgive us when we've tried to meddle through our lives without you, Lord. And we ask for forgiveness and we pray right now, would you come and take, take it all, Lord. You can have it all. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's Saint Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. And if you want to find out more ways of connecting or if you want to support the vision of Saint, you can head over to saint.church. For now, have a great week and we'll catch up really soon.